Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Freshly baked, buttery croissants, heavenly pastries of chocolate, ooey-gooey, stinky cheese, wine that tastes like butter, and long romantic walks along the Seine. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, this is Millennial Money, and today we take you to Paris on Travel Tuesday. 
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Jeff, and today we're talking about how we went to Paris on our honeymoon. It was actually a pre-honeymoon, which we think should totally be a thing, but we went before we actually got married, and you know, Paris is a place that I have been so many times, and I absolutely love. I really love everything about France, the French culture, the food, the people. Contrary to popular belief, um, I find Paris to be one of the most uh, friendly places I've ever traveled to. Yeah, Paris was always one of the places I always wanted to go to and travel, and and I always felt that it was one of those cities I was going to dig. I was really going to like the the the, the city. Um, one of the things that I think everybody always kind of thinks about, especially when you go to any country that does not speak English as their first language, is the language barrier. Is there going to be a language barrier? And French have been known to uh, supposedly be rude. And especially if you don't speak English. Um, but one of the things I noticed, and you speak a little bit of, of, of French, and you, you got us around everywhere. But I think if you go into stores, if you go into bistros, if you go into a bar or whatever, um, and you speak a little bit of the language, a little bit of French, um, you know, bonjour. Bonjour gets you into a lot of different things. And then they understand that you're, you're English or American or you speak English or whatever the case is. And then they'll speak English to you, or at least they understand, because there's a lot of people that we spoke with, even in bistros, people that run the bistros or whatever, um, maybe they didn't have the best English skills, but they understood what we needed or what we wanted and, and, and stuff like that. So I think it's a, it's a important thing to at least learn a little bit of somewhat the languages of how to order a drink or how to order your food or get a croissant or whatever. Yeah, and Paris is one of those cities, I think, that everybody always really wants to travel to, but thinks it's really just too expensive. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, Paris is a city that it's affordable on just about every budget, whether you have a lot of money and you stay at a really high end five star, you know, amazing resort hotel, or, you know, you do what we did, which was rent an Airbnb where you have a kitchen and you have actually a lot more space than you do in a hotel room. And you can save quite a bit of money. In fact, our entire eight-night trip to Paris cost us only $1,375. Now, that may seem like a lot of money to you, but in the you know realm of traveling all the way from Los Angeles to Paris and then staying for eight nights, that's actually not a lot of money. In fact, it breaks down to just about $170 a day, which, you know, a lot of times people are like, wait, how did you actually achieve that? But it's really easy. It's all the tips that I always share with you guys. We used airline points to fly there and we booked those airline on a airline credit card that we have. So we didn't even have to pay for our bags, which saved us 200 bucks each way right there. And we also negotiated for an Airbnb, an amazing Airbnb. And that only costs about 700 bucks for the entire eight nights. In fact, they actually threw in one extra night for us. It had a kitchen, it had a computer, it had a really large bathroom, it had a living area and a great bed, and it was just in a great area of Paris. You know, we ate 
breakfast in the apartment and we had light lunches and then we splurged a little bit on dinner and we still had an amazing experience, an amazing honeymoon, I think, for a relatively small amount of money. Have you ever stayed in an Airbnb there or have you always done hotels there? This was actually my first time staying in an Airbnb, but... You know, I was a little nervous at first because I thought, oh, you know, language barrier, like what if we don't read the directions right? Or what if we can't get into the place? You know, I had all of these kind of like doomsday scenarios running, but it was so easy. I mean, we had a code to get right into the building and, you know, the taxi took us right there. And well, then the owner came and, and met us there and, and, and got his, he got the money right and stuff like that. And... Yeah. So the owner met us right when we arrived and, you know, we gave him the the cash for the for the place. And, um, you know, he shared so many great tips about the area and restaurants and kind of the history of the, of the place that we rented. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, I mean, Jim Morrison, uh, the lead singer of the doors, he died in Paris and his grave is people travel there all the time. It probably wasn't one of the things we were going to go check out or anything, but, but we happened to be staying on the same street that he died, uh, which is interesting. And, and maybe if we would have passed by it or went, Oh, I would have taken a picture, but it's kind of cool that we were on the same street. And that's what the owner of the, of the Airbnb told us, um, that he actually died there. But, but not only that, our, uh, our apartment, the window faced the bar where he used to hang out and we would hear them every morning throw their wine bottles in the, in the dumpster and stuff like that. So we went there, uh, we went there a couple times, right. And, and, and they were really great there and really nice. And, and one of the, the things that I like about, um, staying in Airbnb, wherever we go, sometimes we stay in Airbnbs. I think you submerge yourself in the culture a lot more. And if you stay in a hotel, and there's plenty of really great, awesome hotels in Paris. Um, but if you do stay in a hotel, most times they're, they're speaking English, tourists are English and whatever, stuff like that. If you're staying in an Airbnb or, you know, places like that, renting a house or whatever the case is, you submerge yourself in the culture more. You hear more of the language wherever you're, if you're in China, if you're in Paris or whatever, you hear the language more. Um, you discover different places. You find your best, your favorite bistro, your favorite bar or your, or your favorite, you know, coffee place, uh, the, the best place to, to get, um, you know, a baguette. Like we passed that one place, um, that sold roasted chickens out on the, on the sidewalk every, every night. And then one of the nights we're like, hey, you know what? Instead of going to dinner, let's get a roasted chicken and potatoes and a bottle of wine. And that's all we needed, right? And well, with that in um, the Big Bang Theory in French, which is, which was really great on, on TV. So, so I think, you know, getting an Airbnb, you really can submerse yourself into the culture, find your favorite places. Um, on, our, on that street as well, too, uh, we ate in this one bistro, which was just absolutely amazing. Two nights, uh, not two nights in a row, but two nights we were there. Uh, just because the staff was really great. They were friendly. Um, there was a cat roaming around the, the restaurant. Um, it just felt like a really great place. It wasn't one of those things that, oh, well, let's just eat at that place because it's close. No, it was amazing food. Um, we ate at the bar where Jim Morrison hang out, hang, um, would hang out, and the, the food was really great. And they were so nice there. Talk about you know uh, Parisians being very nice. They uh, We were sitting at kind of a bigger table, and they were, we were talking for a little bit and, and swooning over each other because it was our honeymoon, right? And then, um, but uh, we were talking for a little bit and they had another big party coming in. And they said, hey, can we use this table? And we said, oh, of course, and, but you guys, you can move over here and have more drinks and whatever and stuff like that. 
And so we did moving over over to a smaller table, and then they brought us shots. They brought us a whole bottle if we wanted to to really drink it, but we didn't didn't really. But uh, but it was just they were just they were just so friendly and so nice. And and again, I think if you you know become kind of a regular, submerge yourself in the culture, speak a little bit of the language, it really goes further in in where wherever you know city you, you are. Yeah, and you know not to kind of beat a dead horse here, but um, you know. I've shared this tip a lot and I feel like I can't share it enough. You know, with Airbnb, there really is a strategy. VRBO, like any of the rental places, there is actually a strategy. Now you can go on there, you can rent your place, you can rent it for, you know, the price that comes up and, you know, that's perfect. That's fine. But you can actually negotiate with these rentals. And the way I actually really like to do it is I get two different places and I kind of um, start emailing with the owners and say, hey, we're coming these dates. You know, we really like your place. You know, what would the price be? And of course, I already know what the price would be. Um, And then I share with them that, you know, there's this other rental that we're really looking at and we just can't decide which one we want to go with. And inevitably, one of the two places ends up offering me a deal. And it's usually, gosh, anywhere from 10 to 20% lower than the price. Like I said, we got 20% lower on our rental here in Paris. Plus, we got a free night that he flew that he put in for us. So, um, you know, it really does help to just negotiate a little bit. And at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is that they say, no, the price is the price, right? And and if you really want to stay at that place, then you pay the price. But um, but you can save a lot of money, and all of this extra money goes towards you know you being able to go to you know amazing restaurants or go see the attractions or whatever it may be in a great city like Paris. So one of the things wherever we go, um, but Paris uh, obviously has iconic landmarks and which can be very tourist heavy. Um, some of these places are not always your favorite, right? That is actually correct. I am going to admit something that a lot of people don't know about me, but I actually don't like museums. Yes, uh, but but which is fine. Which I, don't, I mean, I don't always like to go to every museum or, or or you know check out every touristy thing and and stuff like that. But but in Paris, you got you got to pretty much go to uh, the Eiffel Tower. You got to go uh, to the Louvre. You got to see the Mona Lisa. In my opinion, you do. You do. Um, but like when we went to the Louvre, um, I wasn't that. Although I found the the, the uh, museum way better than I thought it was going to be. But the one thing about going to see the Mona Lisa, there's more people around her taking pictures of her than people are actually looking at at at, at the painting itself. Uh, so so it could be very crowded. Um, but we knocked it out within like an hour. And uh, but the Louvre is also it's just a very um, beautiful museum. Um, uh, just to look at on the outside, go in. It's it's very beautiful. It's a lot. There's a lot more. It's really really nice paintings and sculptures and things like that. And they also sell the greatest toilet paper in their in their uh, their 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 uh, shop there that we bought for our our uh, wedding that we had. It was they had a bride and groom on there and uh, some Paris one, right? I think that's what we bought. So that, so that was really great. Um, but like, what's your opinion? Like, I love seeing the Eiffel Tower. We went two times to go see the Eiffel Tower. Both times it was, um, cloudy. So we didn't go up, but what are your thoughts about going up to see the Eiffel Tower? I mean, the Eiffel Tower is iconic, right? It's, it's, you know, it's like going to New York and not seeing the Statue of Liberty. I mean, it, it is, you know, every, every, 
Pichachki, you know, that that's about Paris has the Eiffel Tower on it. So I think it's definitely worth going to, but you know, I, I'm not sure it's worth waiting two, three hours in line to get to the top of the Eiffel Tower. So you know, my strategy is always to go like really early in the morning, right when the Eiffel Tower opens or right before it's going to close. You know, and you really, in a city like Paris, you got to just wake up each day and go, I don't know, what does the weather look like? Can we go today or not go today? Because it changes so frequently. But if you can get to the top of the Eiffel Tower, I definitely think it's worth seeing. I mean, the view is spectacular. One thing I will say is there is a very overpriced restaurant in the Eiffel Tower, and I would not waste my money going there. There are millions and millions. I mean, literally every you know second um, storefront is another uh, a bistro or a patisserie or, or something amazing in Paris for you to spend your money on. So don't waste your money, you know, a couple hundred euro on a really overpriced, not that great meal in the Eiffel Tower. Just Go to the Eiffel Tower to the top, see the view, and then go treat yourself to an amazing meal somewhere else. Well, I don't think they're going to be a sponsor of the podcast anytime soon. But I've heard good things and bad things. I mainly have heard this overpriced and not, and not the – it is an amazing view, so you might want to pay for that. But, you know, it might not be worth it. But so many of the places – even we we were there in October – some of the places can be very crowded. It's a lot of the place because they are, you know, even though they're iconic places, they can, they can feel like Disneyland, you know, uh, and be very overcrowded. And, but one of the things that you love, my wife loves to do is people watch, um, or even spy in people's houses and stuff like that. But so, uh, what do you, where do you like to go and people watch in Paris? Yeah. Um, don't leave your, um, blinds open on your window because <laughs> if I'm walking by, I will peep in. I am actually one of those people. And you know, what I really love about traveling is, is seeing the culture, seeing how people interact with each other. All of that to me is like super fascinating. That's like my museum. That's, that's a free museum. And that's what I love to do. Um, uh, there are two amazing, well, there are millions of amazing patisseries in Paris, but two of my favorites happen to be La Durée, which makes the most amazing macarons. If you have watched um, the Food Network or the Cooking Channel or basically read any magazine or been on Pinterest at all, you've seen that making macarons is kind of the thing, right? They're incredibly hard to make and yet so tasty. They're like little pillows of meringue. And in the middle is some sort of uh, flavoring vanilla. It could be a fruit flavoring. They're just amazing. Anyway, Lottere is the famous place for these. I mean, I don't know how many they churn out every day. It's crazy. But I love Lottere. I also love a little patisserie called Pierre Hermé. And one of my favorite things is to grab either a box of macaroons or a, a pastry and head on over to Luxembourg Gardens. There are so many amazing like green spaces around Paris. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's another green space, a place for you to just kind of rest and, you know, soak in the culture. But there's something about Luxembourg Gardens that I can't quite describe. It's it's one of those places where it's at the end of a busy street and you walk through the gates and there's a giant fountain in the middle and all of these little tables and chairs kind of dotted around and just such amazing people watching and the scenery is incredible there. So that's actually one of my very favorite things to do. Um, other than that, you know, it's, you know, when you talk about ham and cheese sandwiches, <laughs> I, I don't think in the United States I've ever ordered a ham and cheese sandwich, 
But there is something very magical about uh, a baguette with a little butter spread on it and, you know, ham and cheese in Paris. How do you say it? How do I say it? The ham and cheese sandwich. Um, Hamon. Ha- Hamon fromage. Yes. That is the official uh, term. Yes. It's, it's a very just simple uh, ham, cheese, and butter, on, but it's 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 the croissant that really makes it. That just all those things together, it's just a, a beautiful thing. And if you take it out, uh, take it to the to the Eiffel Tower, sit on the grass area, and just relax. Have a nice, you know, maybe bring a bottle of wine or you know whatever the case is, uh, and or bring it to to Luxembourg, bring it anywhere. So we didn't make it to the park because twice because it was raining, because um, it was October, but it was also beautiful because we're walking in the rain in Paris on our honeymoon because we were trying to win. At honeymoon, I think we did. Yeah, I, th- I think we won at honeymoon. Um, so you can't go wrong. I mean, you get uh, you know hamon fromage sandwich, and you know maybe you spend a few euros, and you have like I mean something that just blows away any sandwich here in the United States, in my humble opinion. Um, another great tip when you go out to restaurants there is they do something called prefix, right? So there's a prefix menu. And, you know, you could either choose usually an appetizer or main course or dessert, but it's a great way to get a well-rounded, you know, really affordable meal for something that won't burst your budget. Um, one of the things I noticed about uh, Paris, and I, I love seeing this in so many other cities, because um, we live in Los Angeles and we have the worst public trans, uh, transit system in the world, I, in my opinion. Um um, but like Washington DC, they have a really great one. Other cities I've gone to, but Paris has a really great one. Um, we took the, the, the train all around the subway all around, uh, you got us around. Um, but they, but they, they, they announce it in English and announce it in French. Um, there's signs in English. Uh, so whether you're from another country, uh, or from, you know, America or wherever they are, uh, you can definitely get around. Um, a lot of other people from other countries speak French, so that's probably helpful for them. But it's one of those, those cities that is really great. It's easy to kind of move or, uh, maneuver around. Um, walking the streets of Paris is really amazing. Um, one of the things I was really surprised at of just how clean it was. It, it, and, and you said that in the last few years, they've really made an effort to really clean up the streets and, 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 and make it a lot better. Um, and so I, that was really, was really, really great because there's just so many, um, it, the architecture everywhere is great, uh, to, to check out, um, just beautiful little streets and, and bistros and markets and, and, and open markets and, and, um, flea markets and things like that are, are really great, uh, to walk around Paris. Yeah, I feel like all we can really do when we talk about Paris is talk about food. Um, We're food lovers. We're foodies. We cook all the time. Um, Our life kind of revolves around great food. So what are what were some of your favorite restaurants from Paris? Um, well, I can't remember any of the names, but, uh, but I, I love that. I love the, the, the bistro that we ate on, on our, on our street. Um, what was the name of the, the steak place, steak and frites place that we went to? Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, <laughs> but I will definitely put it in the show notes. But it's, but it's, it's a classic place. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was really, that was really awesome. Um, but one of the things, uh, on this trip as a travel writer, I did not really do any work. I did not really do any email because it was our honeymoon. Um, and, uh, but, but I did do one small interview cause I discovered this one place and, 
and it's actually an American who has a food truck in Paris. And uh, she is actually the first person to have a food truck in Paris. Um, and it took her a long time, uh, I think about a year, I think she said, to actually finally get the, the rights and all that kind of stuff like that. And she started a gourmet burger truck. She, uh, her name is uh, Kristen Frederick, and she uh, started um, – she, she went to culinary school in Paris – was figuring out what to do and said, you know, I want to start a food truck. And, you know, and then there they thought it was crazy. But now I think she has four different food trucks and a, uh, and a brick and mortar place. And the name of the place is? Le Comion qui fume. Yeah, so it's a bas- basically a gourmet, a gourmet uh, burger truck, and she takes all her her uh, ingredients, locally sourced beef, um, all around from the area, and it, it is seriously one of the best burgers I've had. I mean, I, every once in a while, when I when I mention this in, in articles or different places, I always go, "Oh man, I want to go back there and have a burger." And like we went on a middle of the week, eleven a.m. Uh, to meet her, it was uh, raining, and there was a huge line of people. Uh, lined up, and they, they they also do different events, and they they what does she say? They have one uh, outside of a, a movie theater and different places and clubs and stuff like that at night, and and they're just just jam packed. And I've seen stuff on YouTube, and and they're just jam packed. So that was just a really cool because um, I when I travel to places, especially foreign places, I don't really like to go. To, I, well, I never go to Hard Rock Cafe or McDonald's or you know unless I have to um, places like that because uh, I always like to eat. Or, you know, what is in the city and what is great. And, and, and I think that's the other thing, too, is be adventurous. Try new things. Try uh, different things. Like, uh, I've tried duck before in, in other places here in the U.S., but I finally tried it there, and they, they do duck really, really well and became, has now become one of my favorite things to order uh, there. Um, but it was just great to, to discover this burger truck. So a very familiar thing, but she also is doing it in a, in a, in a uniquely uh, Parisian different way. So, uh, so I love that. I love, you know, I loved everything about that and discovering all the different food that we, um, had, uh, even the chickens on the street that we had, <laughs> the roasted chickens and stuff. Yeah. And what, um, you know, as a travel writer, but on your honeymoon, what other tips would you give, you know, to listeners who are maybe, you know, want to visit a city like Paris, but like you don't know the language and are just like kind of terrified? Do you have any kind of last words? Well, I think, and actually, I have, I have some friends who who I saw on Instagram. I haven't spoken with them, but they they had a great time in England. Did not have a great time in Paris. So I'm wondering if it was the 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 language barrier, and that, and and that can it can be intimidating, can be daunting. Um, I think a lot of times these days uh, with Google Translate, you can have you have the app on the phone. I use that all the time. Um, whether it's on the computer or on, on my phone, um, you know, let alone if you actually want to, you know, learn another language. And uh, French is a very uh, universal language, so that that is a language you can use in a lot of different countries. But I think using like Google Translate, um, places like that, or things like that uh, in places uh, like Paris uh, or wherever. Um, but I think you just have to not be intimidated by the language, and and the more you familiarize with yourself with the language, like what do things stand for. Uh, like Hamel fromage, uh, you know things like that. What what do those mean? And they go, okay, I know what that is, or I know what the subway is, or I know what a taxi is, or or whatever and stuff like that. If you familiarize yourself with enough things, you could really get around. And, and and like I said, most cities will have signs in English and in 
in uh, in their in their language too and stuff like that. Like in even even in Ireland, they speak English there. Um, uh, it's an it you might not understand them half the time when they speak English there. But they also have been trying to use their old Gaelic language on so anywhere you go in Dublin and anywhere, <clears throat> it'll have their language as well as English there. So sometimes you kind of go, oh, whoa, whoa, what does that say? But if you just familiarize yourself, oh, okay, wait, I got it. It's a different language, you know, whatever. It's just like if people came here and you go to Disneyland or wherever and stuff like that, and they're going to have different signs in, in, you know, in, in Spanish or whatever and stuff like that. So I think the more you familiarize yourself, there's other apps out there that, that can help you with, with language as well to actually translate for you. And, and actually, Google Translate does that too, and will actually have a vocal thing. So if you are struggling to, to, to say it, like I couldn't pronounce the burger truck, John, I had to. Um, it will actually pronounce it for you. So I think things like that. Yeah, and I, I just really want to encourage, you know, you, if you want to go to Paris, you know, I know there's been some bad things that have happened there recently. The terrorist attacks, you know, have probably scared a lot of people off from Paris and maybe you've checked it off your list. And, you know, I thought about it momentarily myself, like, ooh, you know, do I really want to go back to Paris? But you know, I, I think that, um, you know, you really just shouldn't let those things scare you. You know, I encourage you to be adventurous, um, like we always try to be and always, of course, be smart and be safe and, you know, all of those um, safety measures. But but be adventurous. Try a place like Paris. Try a place where, you know, you don't speak the language, where you have no idea what's going on with the culture. And, you know, that's really where you can learn, uh, you know, obviously a ton about how other people live. But you also learn a lot about yourself, about, you know, how um, resourceful you can be and, um, you know, how you, you can make friends with people, you know, hi and bye and hello. I mean, those are pretty universal words, even if they are English you know, and just learn a few, learn a few words in, in the other language. And you'd be surprised at what just being humble and, um, you know, putting a smile on your face, how you can really, um, make a place like Paris feel, feel like your home. Um, so we're going to make sure and put a lot of links in the show notes to kind of all of our favorite restaurants and some great resources to help you save money. So, um, I say put Paris back on your travel list. What about you, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I would go back in a heartbeat and I, I know a lot of different travel writers and bloggers and stuff like that purposely because of the terrorist attacks that they had a couple of them have actually gone back there and, and said, no, we're, we're, we're not going to, um, the, the, um, the concert hall, the Badlicon or wherever that, the, that they had the, the, the Eagles of death metal, uh, concert that they had the, the shootings there, they're actually reopening, I believe this month. Uh, next month with Sting is actually the opening. And, and so they're not letting that stop them. They're going to open that theater again. Um, so I, I absolutely, I mean, especially living in Los Angeles, you know, we never know with what could happen, something to happen in San Bernardino, which is not too far away from us and stuff like that. I, so I think it, it can happen anywhere. Uh, so if you do live in a very, very safe area, I can understand your, your trepidation, but you know, you can go in the streets of Chicago or New York or any place and, you know, things can happen there too. So I, I just think it's something that we always say that you can't let the terrorists, you know, beat us and stuff or whoever. And, uh, but I think it's a very safe city. I mean, it's, it's a city like any other, you got to be, be careful of, of pickpocketers. Um, but I pretty much, you know, felt safe all the time ever, everywhere we were going there. Um, just like most, most other cities around, um, that, I, that I travel. So, uh, I would highly recommend going to to Paris. It's just it's just a really unique, artistic, and cool uh, city. 
Awesome. So hopefully we have inspired you to um, start researching Paris, go to your local supermarket, get some stinky cheese, put on some French music, get a bottle of wine and uh, start doing your research. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Travel Tuesday and uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next week for another travel segment. Au revoir. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com/wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.